Who is Satoshi? Satoshi, 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 Satoshi. Who the chosen one? One, one. <laughs> was that supposed to be Star Wars music, dude? That was the dark side. That was the Empire beat. Yeah. No, it was not, dude. I understood your quote, but the music was awful, dude. I thought that was like Gladiator, you know, when Maximus was running back to save his family or something. <laughs> you were thinking, dun, 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 Wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no I, I butchered it i butchered it much better <laughs> yeah i had no idea what you were going for dude anyways guys it's been a minute to that what i think i was doing it's still in the same song but i wasn't even doing the main chorus dude. yeah i have no idea what you were doing i've never heard that in my life dude whatever dude we're talking about star wars today all right <laughs> <laughs> because we've left our listeners hanging for a long time, and we need to jump in with some fortissimo, some power. Nice, dude. But now we're back. I'm thinking we're back. It's only been two months. We're sorry we did it to you guys, but never again. But it's the my co-host's fault. It was my fault, but my co-host is going to go ahead and explain why uh, we were gone for two months. Well, we both recently watched the Star Wars, you know, six episodes of them. And the real question that arises after you watch those movies and learn about Star Wars is, is there a chance that this is real, right? Can we actually maybe use the Force? And you don't know unless you try. Now we've got to define, like, what does it actually look like to really try to use the Force? Do I just try and, you know, Force pull this coffee mug next to me? That's not a legitimate try. So we both underwent a two-month pretty rigorous uh, meditation cycle, training exercises, living in the woods, things of that nature. And... Do you want to talk about your experiences trying to use the force? Sure. Yeah, like you said, um, try to go to the closest thing to Dagobah we could find. So, <laughs> so southern Louisiana. Uh, <laughs> and tried to find the oldest dude there that would try and teach us telekinetic, telekinetic powers. And uh, basically spent most of the day running around the swamp and doing handstands. But we... Uh, we never were able to lift the car back out of the swamp. And so it's been a long road to get back to civilization. <laughs> so no force powers. No force powers, um, <laughs> which is funny. You know, you have all these shows when you're a kid. That's always, I mean, the storyline is the same. It's like the Joseph Campbell myth, right? The kid's going about his normal everyday kid life full of regular people shit. And then all of a sudden he discovers he has magic powers or he's got force power or he's a superhero. He can teleport or he's in a computer simulation he's the hacker that's going to get them all out and then you're kind of waiting on something cool to happen for a while and then it never does you know is it cruel for is it cruel for whatever five to ten year olds to uh to be exposed to these types of myths growing up so much damn dude damn dude <laughs> i don't think so dude i enjoyed them a lot <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we should have as yoda said we should have started our training earlier <laughs> too old he dude that's an interesting point yeah i don't think it's cruel dude i mean that implies that like we shouldn't be telling these stories right it also implies that like it's ruining or setting a mindset for us that is unrealistic i think we know it's not real dude aside from our past two month experience i think you know you watch the movie you read the book or whatever and you know it's you know just a story yeah yeah i mean but it was still worth the two months in retrospect to try (laughs) well you've got to give it a chance dude 
you don't try, you don't know. I w- it's funny when I was when I was uh, watching the movies recently. I was thinking, what is what is the closest thing to these Star Wars planets, right? Like Dagobah, Southern Louisiana. <laughs> You know, what's what's Tatooine? Sahara Desert. Yeah, maybe, but it's got kind of like the sketchy, like piratey. Like maybe that's Somalia, dude. Like, I don't. (laughs) Oh, you're talking more of like a holistic view of like the culture there and the. Yeah, everything. Like Naboo. Is that Naboo seems like it's uh, wine country in California? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Coruscant, you know, is obviously New York. Yeah, New York City. Something like that. Singapore, maybe. Well, you know what's fascinating? dude is all of these were filmed on earth yeah <laughs> well yeah i guess no shit really <laughs> well especially with the early ones like tatooine uh was tunisia so i guess in real life it could be tunisia right you know when i think tunisia i don't think all right well sketchy spaceport full of vile scum and villainy you know? right, right right that's what i think of somalia yeah <laughs> Not everyone in Somalia, but like that's going to have the pirates if any place has the pirates, right? Yeah, they're the only pirates I know that still exist. It's literally the only pirates still doing it in 2023. (laughs) Do you think um, any of it's a little racist because of stuff like that? (laughs) Dude. Okay, so this is funny because I was listening to podcasts after I watched the movies. And dude... This is a problem, and it's also another reason why I like doing the podcast is because you cannot find commentary that is not just brain-dead woke people. Like, like they'll be like, uh, yeah, I feel like it's just really problematic that Jabba the Hutt buys into, like, these these stereotypes about people. And I'm like, what people? (laughs) What people? people? He's a giant slug. Who are you trying to say that he's a stereotype of? And they'll say that about like the uh, who's the slave owner that owns Anakin? Mm, Watto. Yeah, and they were like Watto is obviously a stereotype for an Eastern European or a Jewish man. And I'm like, well, no, not actually. He's got wings and <laughs> blue. So he is fat though. He's what? He's fat. Yeah, I mean, I got more. He was like a Middle Eastern peddler. Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, I said Mediterranean or true, like, true. Anyway, they're trying to say like all these things are racist about star wars and it's like you can't even tell a story anymore like i guarantee you if you had like an orange cube that had some sort of features about it like oh this orange cube is really good at math you know but there's also some character flaws in the orange cube these same people these same commentators would say you know i don't know why george lucas is doing this to asian people You see what I mean with the stereotype piece? Yeah, dude. So I feel like this is exactly what you're getting at, though. I mean, maybe I'm retarded, but what's the difference between a stereotype and describing a culture? Oof. Like, how how dare you describe that culture like that, saying that they do those things that they actually do? Like, what are we, what are we talking about, dude? Like, how can we say, like, oh, this is so wrong and evil? Like, dude, we don't... Anything that you do in life or anything we observe stems from something. And so if you put a component into a movie that's fictional or, or, or describe it at all, it's like, I mean, yeah, I guess it is a stereotype. Like it's an archetype. I would call it an archetype, right? Like, oh, we've created yeah. something that everyone's familiar with, which is the Middle Eastern peddler, right? You've got them in Gladiator selling stuff to Proximo, selling the queer giraffes to Proximo. <laughs> In Star Wars, you've got Watto, you know, gambling with his... 
um, you know, it's the same thing. It's an archetype that people can, you know, appreciate and, and relate to. Same with the Trade Federation, guys. This is really what I was going to get at. Oh. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. When I brought up, if you think that they're, they're racist, what do you think of the Trade Federation, guys? <laughs> what culture do you think, don't stereotype or anything, but what culture do you think they represent? <laughs> Trade Federation? I mean, probably Irish, right? <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say? um yeah i mean maybe a little chinese based on their accents nothing else just on their accents (laughs) i guess my point was gonna be i feel like you can't create a fake fictional universe without having some attributes about different space races right like because there's gonna be different species there's gonna be different cultures or people you know strange right (laughs) and to call that racist is like peak 2023 wokeness right yeah yeah like we used to be able to say oh well there's like this story in space and there's you know this type of species from this planet and they have these habits (laughs) and like i mean we'll get into how woke star wars has gotten i mean we won't because we're not going to spend time too much time talking about the not fun parts of star wars but like in 20 years it'll probably be like oh why are you trying to say that wookies can't talk as well as humans (laughs) oh wookie can't dream Like, this is the logical conclusion of these people's reasoning. Well, they're going to ruin the lore. That's really what's going to happen here. They're going to ruin the lore. Like, the Star Wars is cool for a lot of reasons. But one of the main reasons is that they created this universe that has these rules or laws or stereotypes, if that's what you want to call them. But it has these these different species. It has these characteristics, this lore behind it. Why do these people act like this? Why do they do that? It's part of the lore. Like, that is their identity. That is who they are. And, yeah, I mean, today's society is obsessed with not putting anyone in any sort of box, God forbid. But, I mean, that's part of what makes Star Wars awesome, or any story awesome, is, like, lore. And an understanding of, like, this is these people's background. This is where they come from. This is why they do what they do. This is, you know, all those things. Yeah. And if you can't handle that, you know, about us saying that about people in the real world, then, okay, this is Star Wars. Leave it alone. It's not real. (laughs) We don't have to hash over all of it. But in broad strokes, what's your opinion on, I hate to say it, but the three trilogies. It's like disgusting for me to say even. But the three trilogies and kind of, you know, you don't have to necessarily rack and stack every movie unless you have it already paired or thought of. I have it written down here on this note card. Okay, hit me. And dude, this is... This might be starting up roar. I don't know. Dude, but... you are not. Go ahead. Dude, I think I like... <laughs> don't. Don't. We'll have to get into why over time. I it's think I like episode out. three the most. Episode three? Really? Wow. Followed by episode five. Okay. Followed by episode probably one and then two. And then four and six? I think so, dude. Well, six, maybe six should be a little higher on the list. Maybe it would be one, six. Dude, I don't know. I just watched six. You could cut out half the movie. Wow. Dude, that is an insane rank. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to say that. Like, oh, the OG trilogy. And dude, I get it for old people. And like when that was cutting edge stuff, I just had a little trouble. Re- like rewatchability, I have a little trouble with the older ones, dude. Except for episode five, dude. Episode five is good. Dude, fascinating. I mean, I would, all, I would put episode five top. And then I'd put one and six behind it kind of tied. And then three, a far ways ahead of two and one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. And I think we can both agree that like the new trilogy, I don't even consider it canon. Like I don't even consider it. I I think in 10 years, we may have like some white knight that comes and says, yeah, those movies are canceled. And that's like in another like parallel universe. What movies are we talking about? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So we'll ignore them from here on out. I really don't think there's anything interesting to talk about besides how bad they suck. (laughs) Dude, so I want to defend episodes one and two a little bit. I enjoyed episode one. They did get some things right, right? Obviously, Jar Jar Banks is not one of them, but Darth Maul, dude, is dude, cool. Darth Maul was the best. Dude, you saw him and he, you're just like, he's the devil. It's the devil. This is just the devil on the screen. Well, it was also the first time they implemented like extremely choreographed sword fight. Yeah. Right, which I mean, is badass, dude. They've got this badass dude. They did a lot with that, right? Yeah. They found this dude who's really good at twirling that, you know, double-bladed lightsaber. Yeah. Making it look cool. And yeah, he's looks like the devil. He looks pure evil. I think the first trilogy could have benefited from keeping Darth Maul longer instead of killing him off at the end of the first one. Everyone loved him. And then it's like, dude, you killed him at the end? Yeah. And then Count Dude, I didn't really, I mean, Count Dooku. I didn't give a shit about Count Dooku. No one did, dude. No one did. And he lasted two episodes. Well, one in one episode in 10 minutes. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, in the first act, we're going to introduce a guy who looks like the devil. Um... <laughs> with all his acrobatics and a double-bladed lightsaber. And in the second act, we're going to introduce this refined ex-Jedi yeah. slightly curved lightsaber in a very posh way of speaking. And the kids are going to go crazy for him. <laughs> it's like, no, dude, let the Jedi fight the devil, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah you're so right about that no i agree 100 percent. and this is okay this is another episode one take that a lot of people do not share i thought pod racing was badass dude i thought that that was not the worst sequence to have in a star wars movie dude the worst part of episode one was jar jar the jar jar piece was horrible but the rest of the movie is it's pretty good pretty watchable i enjoyed it dude i enjoyed yeah i enjoyed the pod racing i enjoyed the interactions with watto yeah Dude, I'll, I'll do a nitpick real quick, and it's important because this happens so often in the Star Wars franchise. I hate, despise the fact that they keep coming back to, like, always the same characters and always the same. Like, they have to include R2-D2 and C-3PO. They have to go back to Tatooine, and somehow Anakin Skywalker has to live on Tatooine just like Luke. It's so stupid. Like, why? You take this time in the first three episodes, every single, every single episode from the old trilogy right you have like two or three like new places and it's interesting and kind of cool and and you see something else in this expansive universe that everybody wants to know more about and then you spend the entire previous trilogy mostly just doing these like easy like oh c-3po's on screen this is how c-3po came to be it's just stupid well they're yeah they're cashing in is what they're doing i would call it like cashing in like okay we've built up this cool planet tatooine that everyone loves yeah. So instead of instead of like taking a risk or a gamble and like okay let's create a new planet or or do something on a new planet or you know do something new you don't need to create a, a new planet just go to a planet that exists in the Star Wars universe that hasn't you know been visited and doing something there instead yeah they just cash in they're like oh Tatooine everyone loved Tatooine let's let's cash in that R two D the robots people love those cash that that check in like it's the payoff they're just looking for a nostalgia payoff every single piece of yeah. it. 
Yeah. But I think if you take and rework the art, the Jar Jar Banks thing, you're right about episode one. A lot of it would be better. The other pieces that suck, Anakin sucked, Padme sucked. Like all that would, could be rewritten. But other than that, it's not the worst. Dude, I thought the kid did a, good, a decent job. I the never. I mean, he was six. What's that? The six year old. Yeah, I didn't think it was good. Even when I was six, I was like six, around six when I was watching. And I wasn't like, oh, this is cool. Like I want to be Anakin. What about, it's working. <laughs> It's working! Dude, you know what I like about pod racing? is like, it's not like a Jedi Knight reveal, like, oh, he knows how to use a lightsaber. It's like, it's more like, wow, humans normally don't have good reflexes or good enough reflexes to do pod racing, but for some reason, the six-year-old kid is good at it. That's a good plot point. Yeah, there's good lore, dude. There's good lore in there. You're showing us that Anakin has power without doing anything besides showing us him racing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Jar Jar thing, which you touch upon, it going back to the whole species and adaptability piece. This is just a failure of the uh, of the writers not to realize what made Chewbacca fun. Do you agree or disagree? You think we shouldn't be able to understand Jar Jar Banks? <laughs> <laughs> we should speak in like some sort of frog language the whole time. <laughs> just, they just do all of their Chewbacca pieces, but it's just like a frog like riveting instead of <laughs> <laughs> instead of Chewbacca roar. Well, it's that. It's also a misunderstanding of our place in the animal kingdom right chewbacca can be our friend because he's furry and he's a mammal jar jar banks is never going to be our best friend he's an amphibian he's a reptile dude we're not it's never going to hit the same dude damn what the main characters are going to be best friends with a lizard I thought it was a fish. With with a salamander? <laughs> no, that's a good point, dude. Well, I actually hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, we talk about like a dog, man's best friend. You're saying Chewie is, you know, we can't understand dogs. They're furry. They're loyal. They can be very powerful physically. Yeah. I'm not saying Chewie's a dog. And I'm not saying Wookiees are dogs, right? They're human beings. Well, they're Wookiees just like the rest of us, right? So I'm not racist or anything, but they do share a lot of elements with dogs yeah including the fact that if they owe you or they feel like they owe you a life debt they will be by your side forever (laughs) (laughs) oh that's incredible dude Dude, the distance between let me say it like this the distance the emotional distance or caring distance i guess you have with between you and an immediate family member compare that to you and a stranger that same relationship holds with us and mammals versus us with other other uh i don't know what is it phylums other families do people are like oh i'm a pescatarian and nobody bats an eye they're like oh yeah i kill fish instead of like land animals instead of mammals nobody bats an eye damn dude no it's a good point so what should jar jar have been some sort of furry beast dude <laughs> you don't think the furry beasts were kind of overdone i mean look at episode six dude you've got the ewoks dude okay this is hilarious and i didn't know this until re-watching and listening to a podcast you know why okay so originally george lucas wanted indoor the wookie or the ewok planet to be all wookies really yeah he wanted it to be like a bunch of chewbacca's running through the woods which would have been sick but instead we got little one foot tall little furry monsters 
right? Yeah. Do you know why it was Ewoks instead of Wookiees? Because they wanted Chewbacca to remain unique and not be mixed up with all the other Chewbaccas. <laughs> Worse than that, dude. It was multitudes cheaper to hire <laughs> to hire small people to play the Ewoks than it was to hire a legion of Nords to play the Wookiees. <laughs> I was going to say I'm surprised I didn't know that Hollywood charged to like buy the pound. <laughs> or by the foot, you know, however it's measured. But uh, no, I guess that makes sense, though, just on scarcity. But dude, I feel like the short people would be scarce, too, because they were all like half the height of Leia. And Leia, I don't even think she was five foot tall. She was like four nine. And these Ewoks are like three foot tall. So it's got to be little kids running around. How funny is it that like <laughs> George Lucas is is like just kind of a grumpy dad trying to manage this movie making process and he's trying to think of what to keep and what not to keep and what's in budget and like ah yeah we could probably do that I'm gonna have to cut I'm gonna have to cut the damn Wookies because these freaking tall actors need too much money and people will base for the next thirty years their entire personality on whatever musings come out of that moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's still some 40 year old dude at like a local comic book store that's like arguing with 12 year olds over over like this is why indoor Ewoks sing like this and, and dance and, and, and this is why they were oppressed by the Empire and other stuff. <laughs> It wasn't on a whim, dude. He has a much deeper, vaster world in his head. He can only share some of it with us, dude, mm. on the big screen. Dude, I didn't really like the Ewoks. Why? It was just stupid, I thought. I mean, it was it was kind of the same thing I think they tried to do with Jar Jar in the sense of, like, they wanted to create this, like, you know, character that's helpless so that you can relate to them. And then they showed, oh, the Ewoks aren't totally helpless. You know, look at them fight the Empire. And it was just too much for me, dude. I mean, you watch the movie, it's like, dude, all of this should be cut. I don't even, I don't even see any of this. Yeah. Dude, I kind of, I kind of agree with you. And it also, you know, the other thing that it does at the very end of the Star Wars series, it really cheapens the Empire. It's like a battalion of these stormtroopers can't fight these furry dogs. Right, the Emperor's best units. He's like my best, uh, a garrison of my best troops awaits to see your friends. <laughs> as long as there's no teddy bears, they'll be. Fine. <laughs> I did not foresee that. I foresaw everything else, but not the teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> they would have a log logs pre-positioned in the forest that could swing down and destroy an entire atst <laughs> yeah it was a little it was yeah anyways that's why yeah yeah that part is it's rough dude they hate to see it yeah you're right now that i think about it that part was kind of weak you know it wasn't weak though wow that was good dude. dang was that a was that a piece in a movie or not <laughs> Did what it was make... your favorite part about Hoth? What was your favorite part? There's, a, there's obvious answers here. Dude, I think Luke being warm in the um, Tauntaun. What's the temperature inside of a Tauntaun? <laughs> Luke warm. <laughs> you didn't know that one? I said the answer before I sold the joke. <laughs> oh my god, that's good. That's my go-to joke, dude. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> okay, so I'm trying to remember. In the original cuts... Did Han kill the Tauntaun, or did it just die? Oh, we don't need to turn this into a who shot first scene, dude. I don't think Han killed the Tauntaun. Maybe it was going to die. Maybe it was already dead. The Tauntaun collapsed from exertion and cold, we can assume, and inability to continue to survive on its own. Whether it was still living and breathing in that moment after collapse, when Han <laughs> took Luke's lightsaber and cut it open, we don't know as an audience. 
<laughs> yeah. You're saying, did he have some sort of moral obligation to try and save the Tauntaun instead of just cutting it open and keeping his friend lukewarm? No, not at all. You know, like maybe put a blanket over the Tauntaun. Maybe snuggle up next to it and cuddle for warmth. Maybe all three can survive. Look, I'm not trying to shoot holes, especially because episode five is my favorite Star Wars movie, but it's just so convenient to have the Tauntaun die right there. Like, the scene should have gone like Han being like, well, shit, I gotta shoot my horse now. Bang, Tauntaun dead. Cut it open, stuff Luke inside. Well, if a Tauntaun's not dead, though, couldn't they just ride back to base? No, because Luke's about to die from hypothermia. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. Would he try and get him back to base instead of keep him warm? Right. Or maybe, you know, a little bit of both at the same time, but without cutting open the tauntaun. Damn. Yeah, that's a good point. Dude, what a scene. How memorable is that scene? I was going to say the AT-ATs, though. Mm, cabling them with the uh, tow, tow cables. The walkers, dude? Are you kidding me? A giant yeah. metal dog? A giant metal <laughs> elephant? <laughs> now that's relatable. It was sick, dude. Every, I felt like everybody played that. The snow speeder AT-AT thing, that was the coolest cool. Never mind the fact that the Empire has all this advanced technology. Of course, they don't find something with wheels on it or a hovercraft or something like that. But yeah, they need... It was badass. Dude. It's the intimidation factor, man. Are you really afraid of something with wheels? No. Now, granted, if it's got tracks, you're probably like, damn, that's pretty scary too, right? That, that's like bulldozing over everything. Yeah. But these four legs, dude... <sighs> Very impractical, but high intimidation factor. Huge intimidation. You don't want to be under one of those when it's, it steps down. How funny is it that the rebels sent people in trenches to shoot at those things? <laughs> I thought that was one of the more realistic parts of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you 60 guys just pluck away at it with your <laughs> laser rifles. Your standard issue laser rifles. <laughs> Blasters aren't doing anything to that armor. You're right. <laughs> Watching that older now kills me because you have Leia like calmly talking about the evacuation process. And then this intermixed with that is cuts of these guys just ineffectually firing against the ATAT and just being <laughs> blasted in the cold. It's like, did they even plan to get these guys out of here? <laughs> they got everyone out, dude. Of course, dude, of course. There's one thing about the Empire. I feel like they had decent aesthetics. I don't know. The AT-ATs, they look intimidating. Star Destroyers look intimidating. Dude, Star Destroyers are awesome. Just a giant triangle Dorito in the sky. <laughs> they constantly have to be like, oh, that one was big, but this one's way bigger. <laughs> uh, dude, have you ever given thought to how George Lucas came up with with this entire universe what do you think was like his incep inception or like his first thought that that sparked all of it if you haven't given any thought i guess that's a difficult question but yeah i don't know i feel like I, like where does the inspiration draw from i feel like it's it's a sci-fi like night story to be honest like uh i mean it's a very i don't want to say it's simple it is kind of like basic though like the concept and i guess are you going more like why did he do it or like what inspired him wanting to do it in the first place I guess both. What well, I mean, yeah, I mean, what inspired him to do it? I mean, who knows, I guess. But I think you're, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, dude. It's a knight's, you talk about like the Jedi Council. It's the knights at the round table, right? Yeah. And they've all got their sword, which is the ultimate, you know, their ultimate symbol of their, who they are and their honor and their, you know, good and, and all that. And he, he pushed it into, I guess he would say he pushed it into the past and the galaxy far, far away, but into some sort of futuristic type civilization. 
And when I've thought about this, the biggest challenge you have to overcome, especially in like, you know, modern day or even not really that modern, how can you have swords in the future when we know guns exist? And yeah. on a deeper level, like what's the problem with guns ver like versus swords, right? And I think most people would agree like swords are cooler, they're more badass, but yeah, a gun is going to beat it every time. But why is it cool to be like skilled with a sword versus a gun, right? I would say that one requires training, skill, mastery, finesse, athleticism, agility, all these things, endurance, all of these things yeah that you have to hone and train and master over the over years versus a gun you could probably get be a pretty good shot after you know an hour-long session maybe less and you could be a total you know quote-unquote total badass with a gun you know whatever that is after like i don't know a few days like oh you you totally eliminate the cool factor of like this is going to be an epic duel for my honor because you insulted me and i threw down a glove and now we fight to see who's better okay and then two people pull out guns and who can pull the trigger faster or who can get it out of the holster faster, which they did a good job of making it cool in the Wild West. But the point I'm trying to make is swords are cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. How do you have swords in the future when you have guns? You have to reconcile this somehow. You have to fix this. Yeah. Enter the laser sword, which deflects laser bullets. And now the sword is the best thing in the universe. But you've got another problem you have to overcome. Okay, you can deflect bullets, but bullets are traveling pretty fast, right? Especially laser bullets. Yeah. Traveling real fast. Though not the speed of light. And actually not even the speed of sound. <laughs> no, just the speed of laser bullets. <laughs> but how do you have the reflexes in order to be able to deflect these laser bullets with your sword? Boom. Enter the force. Enter Buddhism. <laughs> Dude, it does have some, uh, yeah, other Indian vibes. Indian vibes. Philosoph isn't Buddha an Indian? Yeah. Maybe. He's a, that area, dude. Asia. Yeah, it's got that Eastern, it's, yeah, Eastern obviously, obviously it's got that Eastern philosophy thing. Eastern philosophy. Yeah. The whole no emotion type thing. I guess I haven't read much Eastern philosophy, but I'm familiar with the idea of, you know, everything is connected and, and yeah. Yeah, really like the five lines in Star Wars that hint that it is based on Eastern philosophy. Right. Yeah. And we know it's that because it's not based on Western philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's cool is he took like cool elements of, of whatever he needed to and yeah. mixed, right? Like the knights are not from, I mean, that's a Western Western idea, you know what I mean? Knights at the round table. Yeah. But yeah, he, he just combined the coolest parts of everything to make a story that he thought was awesome. And he succeeded. Yeah, it's sick. And I'm always amazed going back to the original ones that like how intuitive everything is. Like this is a problem bigger than Star Wars, but you go back to those movies, it's just it's just obvious. We don't have to explain that the Empire is the bad guys. You have an innocent looking princess escaping and the Empire comes aboard the ship and just starts killing. Okay. <laughs> All right. They're the bad guys. They try to smoke a planet. Even before that, just they're... The fact that they were all black and... Well, or all white. Yeah, well, they they do dress in all white and are, like, hilariously fascist tells you that they're the bad guys. And the music. And the music, yeah, yeah. Music sets the tone. That's, yeah, that's another great point. It's like, we don't have to overthink this, all right? There's the bad guys and there's the good guys. And the good guys are outnumbered and they need someone with magical powers to save them. <laughs> Boom. That's it. So you said earlier that episode three was your favorite. You want to go, we kind of circled around, and but I'd like to get back to that. What makes episode three your favorite?